This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Now turn with me real quickly to Philippians chapter number 2 and uh, we'll begin our lesson at verse number 1. Philippians chapter 2 and we'll begin our lesson at verse number 1. Philippians 2 and 1. It'll also be on your screen and it reads thusly. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love. Somebody say the same love. Same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to just read raise finger hearing uh, verse number 6 who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God look at verse 7 but made himself of no reputation but he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men he was made in the likeness of men he was made in the likeness of men I'm going to talk to you this morning from this subject entitled subject to the process subject to the process oh my god somebody shout real loud i'm subject to the process i don't care where you are or where you're going you're going to have to be subject to the process my god let's pray father in the name of jesus once again we want you to anoint me matter of fact god outdo yourself from the last time preach me real good until somebody shout i yield i yield what must i do to be saved my prayer is that their life will be transformed transfigured and they will never be the same again it is in jesus name that we pray everybody say amen amen subject to the process this Thursday, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we celebrated uh, this national holiday in this uh, country called Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving happens to be one of my favorite holidays because it gives me opportunity to exercise in one of my hobbies, and that is cooking. I happen to love to cook, uh, and I cooked something terrible this week. Uh, I love cooking, and I also discovered that I like 
baking too. I'm doing some pies and cakes, and you understand. I did some of those as well because I love to cook. But there's a particular dish that I cook around Thanksgiving, and I only cook it around Thanksgiving because of the longevity of the process that it takes to put the dish together. I actually start on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, with my uh, Thanksgiving shout-outs. I actually start uh, Wednesday, and I make a pan of what we in our African-American colloquialism called dressing. Uh, not stuffing, no, no, that's something different. This is dressing. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. And I start on Wednesday, and I make dressing, and, and without giving you all of my ingredients and my secret recipe, uh, what I do is I bake me some cornbread, okay? Uh, I get some cornbread. It ain't nothing for some Jimmy Box, but it's what I do to it that makes it cornbread. Huh? And uh, I make some cornbread, I bake up the cornbread, and I also take some uh, ground turkey. And uh, I season that up and I, I stir fry the ground turkey. And uh, I also take me some turkey neck bones and all that with some celery and onions. I ain't gonna tell y'all everything. And, and uh, I also take me uh, some pork sausage, you understand? And I put some of that together and I stir fry that up. And I also have uh, some regular, just bag stuffing. I got some of that. And I, and I kind of I start mixing in a big bowl the ingredients. And uh, after I take my cornbread and my ground turkey and my uh, uh, sausage and, and all of the ingredients and I put them all together, after I put them together, I start stirring it up and make sure it's mixed real good. Of course, you got your onions and your garlic and your celery. My God, have y'all had my stuffing before? Uh, and my dressing is real good because I stir it up and I stir it. And once I've stirred it and I've got the ingredients pretty good and mixed, then the next thing is I remove all the jury off my hand. And I, of course, wash my hands. And uh, I put my hands in the bowl and with my hands, I start mixing it and mashing it. Y'all don't know nothing about this, huh? And I, as I mix it and mash it up, my God, all, all of the ingredients are now coming together. And uh, this is more than what a spoon could do. Sometimes you got to put your hand in it. Lord Jesus. Somebody type in the comments, you got to put your hand in it. And you got to put your hand in it and mash it up. And uh, uh, my hands are anointed, don't worry. And I mashed it up. And uh, 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 my hands are clean too. And I mashed it up. And uh, once I get it good and mashed up and it got the proper consistency, then I take all of that dressing and put it in another pan and uh, spread it out, prepare it for it to bake. Then I take more of that dressing and I stuff my turkey with it. You understand? Hallelujah. So the turkey gets some of the dressing and a pan gets some of the dressing and you bake it. And, uh, and, and, and a dish like that usually takes me possibly 12 hours to complete. I'm usually, uh, like this week, I'm, I, I was up uh, to 3 o'clock in the morning uh, making this dish, getting it ready, getting it prepared for Thursday to be consumed. Uh, I only make it once a year. I, I like it. Uh, my family likes it. They say they enjoy it. 
If they lying to me, I hope them, they keep lying to me. But they, they act like they like it. They consumed it. Uh, you know, I take some of the juice from it and I mix it with some, some rue, you see, and mix some uh, gravy. Glory to God. Because dressing with gravy is just out of this world. I'm making y'all hungry again. But let me, let me explain to you why I only make this once a year. It's because dressing takes such a long process. That uh, you, you know you don't want to exhaust yourself doing it often because the process has so many steps and is so time consuming. My Lord, oh God, and I believe that there's a few people in this room right now operating as God's dressing because you are in the middle of a process so that you can function the way God desires you so you can be served to the people. Lord, I, I feel like preaching, but can I share with you that you don't ever want to serve people something that's never been processed. The challenge with some gifts that we have today is that they're in the plate, but they've never been processed. They've never been cooked. You've never been mashed on. You've never been mixed up together. Oh, God. See, see, see. See, neck bones by itself is not dressing. Cornbread by itself is not dressing. It's when it's all mixed together that it becomes dressing. And what some of these overnight wonders believe is that they could stand alone and be the body of Christ. No, no, no. The body of Christ is not one person by themselves. The body alone is not the eye because then how can it hear? The body alone is not the hand because then how can it walk? The body alone is not a prophet. Oh God, then how will it be pastored? The body alone is not an evangelist. Then how it will teach? You gotta understand that the body is not you by its yourself, but you gotta be mixed together. And with the mixing together, it's called the process. You gotta be mashed on. You gotta be jacked up and messed up. Can I say it like I feel it? Some of us are on the potter's wheel, being formed and shaped, molded and made, so that we can become who God wants us at a vessel unto honor. Somebody shout process. We've got to be processed and people don't like being processed. We like prophecy and we like promise being fulfilled. The prophecy is prophesying the promise to come to pass. Lord help us. Last week I told you about the weight of the promise. The weight of the promise comes because before the prophecy came to pass. And when the prophecy came, hallelujah, you got now get to the promise. Hallelujah. When you understand prophecy and promise, you understand that it is right on the outside of process. Process is the meat of prophecy and promise. Uh, God, can I preach it like I feel it? In other words, for you to shift from the prophecy to the promise, you're going to have to go through the process. And people don't like 
process. Y'all might as well tell the truth. You already ate your turkey. You might as well tell the truth that you don't like process. You want to be a millionaire, but you don't like the process of money management. You want to be a wife, but you don't like the process of graduating to that level. First become submitted to God before you can be submitted to a man. Lord, help me right here. You want the promise of to be a, a Fortune 500 company owner and executive, but you don't want the process of enduring training and school and education. We want the big stuff, but we won't be faithful to the little stuff. It is the process that causes validity to be upon the promise because, hallelujah to God, when you've endured the process, you are worthy to have the promise. Let me say it like the Bible said it. After you suffered a while, God, then you can have what's been promised unto you. It's called process. One more time, somebody shout process. We do things in life to avoid the process. We do things in life to duck and dodge the process. Look at us, look at us now. I wonder how many of y'all now know by heart uh, five phone numbers. Mm? You know by heart five phone numbers. Many of us may not know five phone numbers because we're trying to dodge the process of dialing. Uh, we used to have speed dial, but now we just got folks' name in the phone. We just touch it, and it calls them and stuff. We don't even know what the number is. Most folks don't even remember five numbers because they've trained their minds to dodge process. When I was growing up, we had the kind of telephones where you have to start. I don't come on here. I can sit and go all the way around. Hallelujah. And don't get to that sixth number. And, and don't cut that thing all the way to the red end. My God. To the that silver uh, uh, stop. You, you had to go all the way to the stopper. Because if you didn't go to the stopper, it didn't read the number. God help us. We had that kind of dial. And then it turned from a dialing phone to a touch tone phone. And now a touch phone. My God. To just touch the name and it'll call them the cell. And so now we got smartphones. But what smartphones are doing is making us dumber because it's making us dodge process. And what we have now is we got premature individuals because they didn't stay in the oven long enough. We got premature saints. We got saints sitting in incubators because they were birthed prematurely. We got premature preachers because they never endure process. When you don't endure process, Lord, I'm going to get in trouble, but I love this job. You'll have an adolescent apostle, a baby bishop, a premature pastor, an elementary evangelist, and a toddler teacher. If you don't endure process, you're going to be too young to fulfill the promise of God and have what God has for you. I need somebody to lift up your hands and say, Lord, make me subject to the process. Oh God, it is saying yes to the Lord. It is understanding that it's going to 
be a while uh, before you get to its end. I'm almost through. Watch this. Uh, a couple of years back, a couple of years back now, I, I've been preaching now for 20, going on 26 years, 27 years I've been preaching. My God, I've been pastoring now for 18 years. But uh, sometime a while back, a young man walked up to me after I ministered at his church and he told me, he said, man, Prophet Shaw, I want the anointing you got. I want you to, I want you to give me the anointing you got. Lay hands on me and give me some of that anointing. I said, for real, you want this? He said, yeah, I'm serious. I want it. When I went back and I took my right hand of faith and power, glory to God, and I, I leaned with it. You know, you got to lean with it. I leaned with it and I slapped the devil out of him. I slapped him as hard as he can. My hand was all his face. Y'all pray for me. I need deliverance. I slapped him. Why did you slap him, Dr. Shaw? I slapped him because, number one, oh God, I asked him, what makes you think you're going to get in 30 seconds what I had to suffer 30 years for? We got a generation of people that's trying to get it without going through the process to deserve it. You got individuals that's running after colored shirts like Crayola crayons because they don't understand the process of what it takes. Come on here to be an episcopate or to be a servant of the Lord. You don't get overnight because you feel a shaking in your hand. Come on here, oh God, and you felt a nap on your neck lift up. You don't get it because you want it. You got to be called to it. And you got to be processed for it. It don't happen overnight. Y'all better be careful for these overnight wonders getting on Facebook, prophesying, and speaking into your life. I got a problem with somebody who can get on live on Facebook and prophesy, but your pastor don't even let you prophesy in your church. How you on live prophesying, and you don't even prophesy in your church? Matter of fact, where is your pastor in the first place? God help us right here. You have not been I want to talk about the process today. And I want to show you, as we see Paul's writing to the church at Philippi in this text, uh, what he submits to us very kindly here is he submits to us the glorious process of Jesus. As he became our Savior and our Lord, he showed us what he had to endure. Now, we see all of these things. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've quoted the scripture before. You know, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We don't know what it's really talking about. What Paul was really saying here was uh, the mind of humility. Look, 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 look at the mind. What kind of mind? Uh, he says, let nothing be done through vainglory or strife, but in lowness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but look on the things of others. In other words, put other people in front of you. Oh my. That's what he said. And then he turned and said, let this kind of mind be in you. Because that's the kind of mind that was in Christ. We don't have that kind of mind today. Because we live in a very selfish society. A very independent world. When it's me, myself, and I. But Paul said the mind of Christ is to esteem others more and better than yourself. That's the mind of Christ. And he told us how Jesus got that kind of mind. Jesus endured a process. Jesus, my God, he said, endured a process. Well, this is what he said. He said, who being in the form of God. 
to be equal with God. He said he made himself of no reputation. Look at y'all trying to protect your reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Look how Jesus stepped down and being found in the fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's how he got a name that's above every name, that every knee bows and every tongue confess because uh, he was subject to the process. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want to ask you a question that if Jesus has to be subject to the process, what makes you think that you are going to dodge the process? What makes you think that you are going to bypass the process? And I prepared the clothes here, but I want to give you just a few examples of how Jesus endured the process. Can I preach to you for a little while? Can I call Jesus? Watch this. Uh, when you look in Luke chapter number two, uh, it says uh, that the Mary and Joseph was on their way to be taxed, but they went back to their city, my God, to be counted in the census and to be taxed. And uh, while they were walking, the scripture tells us that somehow or another, they lost little boy Jesus. Little boy Jesus was in the hand of his mother Mary, but somehow managed to lose her hand. And uh, little boy Jesus, oh God, even at 12 years old, was found in the temple. She lost him, my God. One moment he was in her hand, but the next moment she lost him. I wonder how many people in this room, at one point he was in your hand. My God, but you let life cause you to lose him. And where did you lose him? I don't know. She, three days, she doesn't have Jesus. He's nowhere to be found. But guess what? She found him in the church. Lord, help us. I wonder if this year during coronavirus, if you felt God was in your hand but you lost him, what you need to do is go back to church. Because that's where he can be found. Jesus is there in the church amazing the doctors and the astrologers and talking with them in amazement they wonder how does this little boy know all that he knows Mary looked at him and said come on Jesus we've been looking for you for the last three days why did you do this to us why have you lost us Jesus turns around and tells his mother don't you know that I must be about my father's business in other words even at 12 Jesus knew that he was the son of God he knew that he was here to save humanity and so he's ready and geared up to go on his mission but he's only 12 it ain't time yet and his mother tells him come on and the Bible says he listened to her he was obedient to her and Jesus grew in stature and in favor with God and man Jesus was ready to preach and do ministry he was in the church but it wasn't his time yet he had to be subject to his mother my God and uh, she pulled him and they left the church I wonder how in the world do some of these preachers expect to be used of God and you won't even listen to your own mother he was subject Lord help us to his mother because part of the process 
process is the pursuit of passion. Write that down. The first part of the process is the pursuit of passion. When you're being processed, you gotta have a drive in you after your passion, after your purpose, after your assignment, that even when stuff come your way, you still know what you have been sent in this world to do. Somebody shout subject to the process. When you look a little bit further in Matthew chapter number three, when Jesus finally becomes of age at the age of 30, uh, he finds himself uh, attending one of his pastor's service. Yes, uh, Jesus had a pastor. Jesus' pastor was named John the Baptist. And his pastor was out in the wilderness baptizing people. And Jesus went to the service. And when he showed up, he asked his pastor, will you baptize me? But John looked at him and told him, he said, I'm not even worthy to untie your shoes. How is it that you asking me to baptize you? You need to be baptizing me. Jesus said, no, suffer this to be so. I must be baptized of you. And John subjected himself to Jesus' request and said, all right, I'm going to baptize. And Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, my God. He was subject to the process by submitting to his pastor. God, a part of the process not only includes the pursuit of your passion, but it also includes the submission to your pastor. Oh God, some of y'all gonna miss heaven and bust hell wide open because you think that your man, your pastor is just a man or woman just like you. But the truth of the matter is God put them on this earth for a reason to process you to your next point of assignment. And you can't go to your next level because you won't submit to your pastor. And you won't let your pastor baptize you. You won't let your pastor put you under. Only the folks who have been put under by their leader are worthy to go over to the other side. Lord help us. Jesus was subject to the process by submitting to his pastor. Lord, I wish I could preach this like I felt it. But look at your neighbor one more time and say subject to the process. If Jesus was subject, then what's wrong with you? Let me call another witness. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible says there was a man there that had legion. He had legion spirits. And the Bible says in verse number 6 that when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped him. And when he worshipped him, Jesus said, come out! You unclean spirit. And the Bible says that the legion started talking and said, oh, Do not send us into hell and torment us, but let us go over to the swine. Wait a minute, pause. There's a problem. If Jesus told the legion spirit to come out, how in the world are the spirits still talking? How is it that the man's spirit is still talking, a legion, and Jesus just cast them out? Now, either Jesus got power or deliverance takes time. Uh oh. 
And I submit to you very humbly that Jesus was getting the man delivered. But deliverance takes time. And because deliverance takes time, you sometimes got to investigate the demons who used to have you under arrest. That's why Jesus said, what's your name? Because you got to investigate what's really going on. I wish I could talk good up in here. Sometimes you got to understand that even though you had a glorious time in church on Sunday, you go back home and the demons reposition themselves because you didn't endure the process. It's not going to happen just in one service. It's not going to happen just in one meeting. You're going to have to go to a service, have hands laid on you, throw yourself on the altar, watch this. Then you're going to have to go home and you're going to have to put that man out and you're going to have to change your iPod music and you're going to have to go in your closet and change your wardrobe and you're going to have to come on here, cover up some of them tattoos, Lord, help me right through here. Oh God, some folks haven't been delivered because they don't want to submit to the process. Oh, somebody holler, it takes time. That's why I behoove some of y'all to stop messing with some of these folks because they ain't fully delivered yet. They're still in the process. Oh God, Jesus took this man through a process of deliverance. Some of us get delivered right quick, fast, but others of us have to be processed because the process requires patience. Not only requires the pursuit of passion, not only requires submission to your pastor, but the process also requires patience. Look at your neighbor and type it in the chat and say, be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. Ten minutes, Harry Sean. I want to call another witness right here in John chapter number 11. It says in verse number Number 35 is the one I used to quote in my Sunday school scripture shower. John 11, 5, 11, 35 says, Jesus wept. That's all I got to say. Jesus, but why did Jesus weep? He wept because after Lazarus died, Mary and Martha and the other disciples did not believe that he was the resurrection. So he wept not because of Lazarus' death. He went because of their unbelief and the fact that they did not know he could bring Lazarus back. So verse 35 says, Jesus wept. But the part I like was after he wept, he turned around and looked up to the Father and said, Father, I already know that you hear me and I already know that you answer me. But for the sake of this people, take me through this process. And he sighed within himself, looked towards Lazarus' tomb, and said, Lazarus, come forth, Lord, help us. And Lazarus got up out of the grave, leaping and dancing, because Jesus went through the process. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that the process was endured by Jesus. And he is our perfect example. And since Jesus is our example and the first parting, and he had to endure a process, that also means that you and I will also have to endure a process. I'm 
to just reach out and touch somebody and say I'm in the process right now I know that you don't know how you're going to get through it or how you're going to get out of it but God's got you in a process and he's trying to take you to the other side so that you can receive the promises of God but you're going to have to be mastered you're going to have to be mixed up you're going to have to pursue your passion and submit to your pastor you're going to have to be patient for a while but there's one last ingredient that's a part of the process it's called pain oh Lord the old song said no pain no gain after you suffered with him you shall reign with him but you're going to have to be processed you're going to have to go through something you're going to have to endure for a while but I'm here to tell somebody that weeping may endure for a night but joy will come in the morning I'm in the process look at somebody and tell them I'm on my way to become a millionaire I'm just in the process I'm on my way to be a homeowner I'm just in the process I'm on my way to be delivered I'm just in the process and just as Jesus was in the process so will you and so will I be in the process it does not yet appear what shall be I'm trying to carry somebody and tell you hold on through the process hold on to God's unchanging hand because when you become subject to the process the Lord smiles on you I'm here to tell somebody you might as well stop trying to fight it stop trying to avoid it stop trying to dodge it but come on and welcome welcome the process and say bring it on anyway you bless me I'll be satisfied because the reason why you survived your last fight is because God got a promise over your life who am I preaching to the reason why you survived what the enemy
the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He came down through 42 generations, was born in the womb of the virgin, suffered by God he suffered, and swallowed clothes. That's the process that Jesus endured. 
Process develops you. Process makes you worthy of the promise. Come on, lift those hands right here where you are and say, God, I receive the process. I'm stuck fighting it. I'm subject to it. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do in me, with me, and through me, I am subject to the process. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, somebody today, is trying to avoid the process. They're trying to avoid what you're trying to take them through. To the point that they even classify it as the devil. Wow. They said it was demonic. But Lord, you already gave us victory over the devil. Yes. Yes. So it's not him. Yeah. It's you taking us through a process. A process of pruning a process of development, yeah. a process of perfection. Thank you, Lord, for processing us. Thank you for not delivering us before our time. Thank you. For not presenting us before we're ready. Thank you, Thank you. for the process. We're willing to wait. We're willing to be subject. We're willing to be trained and taught and developed and perfected so that we can be what you want us to be. We give you glory honor and praise in Jesus name amen come on clap your hands over this building if you receive this word if the Lord spoke to you today of this text I believe that like Jesus and Paul explained it we must be subject to the process there's somebody on this live or in this room you want to be saved salvation is part of your process you got to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you got to believe that in your heart if that's you and you want to be saved today, even online. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Save me. And deliver me. Make me free. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Today I'm yours. I don't belong to myself. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Congratulations. If you said that prayer for the first time and believed it in your heart, you are now saved. You are now part of the body of Christ. And I want to be the first to congratulate you. We're congratulating you all over uh, earth and all over heaven. We're rejoicing because your soul has come to Christ. Would you do me a favor? Take it a step further. Take your cell phone and text the word saved to the number 40691. 
Again, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, it's right there on the screen, to the number 40691. And we want you to uh, just follow through with that so we can pray with you and encourage you and walk you through this journey called salvation. Congratulations once and again. Amen. We thank God for each and every one of you that got saved. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.